Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I can't believe it. (laughs) The day is really here. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, but today marks our 100th podcast episode. Cue the confetti. Cue the applause. Uh, We're here. I just... I'm beside myself. I'm I'm beyond thrilled and excited that this little podcast that I created and started off with wanting to help people has turned into something really wonderful and and I could never have imagined um, what was going to happen when I started this. You know, I want to say thank you um, directly to you guys, directly to everyone that has ever listened. Um, without your support, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing this. Um, I want to say thank you to every single one of our guests. Uh, that has um, asked to be on or I coaxed to be on in the beginning for sure. (laughs) I wouldn't be here um, without you guys um, wanting to be on the show. You know, I think this podcast has been so incredible, Um, especially for me personally. You know, it's opened so many doors um, for me as a business coach, as an educator, as a speaker. And it's also created so many wonderful connections and relationships along the way. So it's crazy uh, that we're even here. I want to say thank you to all my um, VAs, uh, past and present. You know who you are. I wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Um, I wouldn't be able to run this podcast and have my wedding photography business without you behind the scenes taking care of everything for me. So thank you very much. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone who has written the show and who has um, said that we've helped you in some way or you you started to believe in yourself in a, in a new way or you, you tried something that was scary um, that you were afraid of but after listening to the show you, you felt so much better about it and those to me are incredible so please keep them up please let me know what you know how your aha moments are going and I wanted you know this is a special episode because actually we're going back to where it all started with my one of my best friends, Cassie Claire. So she's back on the show. She was my very first guest. Um, I coaxed her into coming on. She said yes. And here we are. I wanted to celebrate the 100th episode with her. So thank you, Cassie, for being back on. So this uh, episode is a little different um, because I wanted to just talk to her about what we've learned over the last 10 years um, as small business owners, as wedding professionals. You know, this episode is almost an hour long. (laughs) It's a really good one. Um, And we just share a lot of advice and things that we've learned along the way that I hope helps you guys. So it's a little bit different format, um, but I hope it's great. 
So a little bit about Cassie is that she is a wedding photographer and educator who works along with her husband and has created a successful associates program while following her dream. Cassie is fueled by travel, summer, fashion, faith, and Netflix. (laughs) And I'm so grateful that she's here. So sit back, relax, and grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a very, very special episode. This is our hundredth episode. I can't believe we're here. I'm so excited. It's so surreal. And I have a wonderful and one of my best friends as my guest today, Cassie Claire. Cassie, can you say hi to everyone? Guys, I'm so excited to be the hundredth episode. This is like a really big honor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it all started with Cassie. So it's actually a very full circle moment. Cassie, um, I hounded her to be my first guest. (laughs) And then I hounded her to be my hundreds guest because I was like, you didn't have to try that hard. (laughs) (laughs) But here we are. And I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I get to, to share this with you. So thanks for being on again. Yay, I'm so excited. Thanks, Janae. Yeah, so this is um, this is a fun episode. It's really not going to be like, um, you know, sort of like we have a topic and then we're going to go crazy on it. We're, the topic is we're going to talk about the biggest lessons we've learned over the last 10 years. Uh, Cassie and I are both uh, sort of veterans at this point, 10 years in, and I wanted to pick her brain a bit and then have a talk with one of my besties. But before we get started, um, if you guys haven't listened to the first episode, you totally should. Uh, most played ever. Uh, but Cassie, wow. <laughs> yeah, introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about you and how you got started. Yeah, I definitely. So hi, everybody. I'm Cassie. I actually need to go back and re-listen to that first episode, too, just to make sure I sound okay. It's been so long since I've heard it. (laughs) But anyway, um, okay, so about me, let's see. Um, Personally, I'm a sushi addict. I am also a bubble tea addict. And Janae can attest that I'm also a dress addict. (laughs) We we share that obsession together and talk constantly about dresses. Um, But professionally, I've been a wedding photographer for 10 years. Like Janae said, we started together in 2011. Um, somehow I still feel like I'm 25 though. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of began my business on accident. Um, I was getting into photography. A friend asked me to photograph her wedding. It was so much fun, but I really wasn't sure if I even liked weddings because it's so much pressure. And I was like having stress dreams all the time. Um, but after photographing the weddings with a few friends, I just couldn't stop thinking about all the things I wanted to do. I would just like dream up like creative shots and all this stuff. And I guess I could finally see the future of it. And I was really excited to get there. So yeah, that's it. (laughs) I still have stress dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I think mine disappeared like a couple of years ago, but every once in a while for like a really, really big wedding, they come back and I'm like, I thought I was over this. You know, it's funny. My stress dreams come back every start of the season or, yes. or for a really big wedding. I'm like, and it's always the same thing. It's always that the bride is walking down the aisle and I look down at my gear and I have one of every different brand. Like I have, oh a, my gosh. <laughs> I have a Nikon body, a Canon lens, a Fuji flash, and nothing works with each other. And I'm like, <laughs> And I'm just sweating. Like, it's just like, yeah. oh my, you know, cause you can't recreate, you can't recreate that moment. And I'm just that like, is, wake up. Yes. I wake up. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, that is very okay. similar to my stress dream. It varies from time to time, but it has ranged from 
me showing up to the church in my pajamas with no gear and then being like, hey, you're shooting this wedding today um, <laughs> to literally like same thing, like brides come down the aisle and I realize like I don't have a battery or a memory card. Or it, it's like, it's so funny, but it's the same exact dream. But yeah. you know, <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. So if you're listening, you're like, I have that. Like, it's very common. <laughs> normal it's unless we're crazy and then you're crazy too <laughs> exactly. so I wanted to have you on oh, for lots of reasons but one you know I think when we look back at our careers you know when you and I started it was 10 years ago you know we were kind of we were totally newbies it was a different mm-hmm. world everything was different you know like people have a really I think a lot more access to education and help and coaches and you know you and I didn't have that so What I wanted to talk about was like what we learned over the last 10 years and what we would have told ourselves when we first started and just sort of go down that rabbit hole and, and hopefully help some listeners along the way. So, you know, when we first started 10 years ago, you know, what would you have liked to have known before jumping in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So first of all, resources were scarce. (laughs) We, I think at the time when Janae and I were starting, pretty much the only thing that existed was um, this website called Creative Live. And Mm -hmm. they would host various photographers um, or, I mean, any creatives. It wasn't even just photographers, but that was where I think I learned the most at the time. And it was wonderful. And I'm so happy that it existed. But my goodness, now it's like everywhere you look, there's a resource, anything you could possibly want to learn. I remember early on, I was so inspired by film photography, but it was so intimidating. I didn't know where to look for how to learn it. It was just, how was Avia? He was a big mystery. <laughs> he, right. he was on Style Me Pretty every day and, you know, shot film. And I was like so intimidated by anything that there wasn't a resource for. Um, and especially the very, very beginning, one of the things was all the legal stuff. So I remember, you know, Googling like, LLC, S Corp. I was so afraid the FBI was going to just knock on my door and be like, I heard you shot a wedding and you don't have business paperwork. (laughs) So, and I didn't know any lawyers or accountants or anything. So um, I think if I had to pick like the one thing that was the most stressful and intimidating, it was definitely anything legal um, or accounting based. Um, And I think like I was just, I was brainstorming about this the other day, actually. Um, I was thinking of our mutual friend, Maggie, and just how incredible her contracts are. And I think if I could pick like one resource to hand myself on like a platter, (laughs) it would be her epic like wedding contract because it literally covers, I mean, everything. And I'm giving Maggie a huge shout out right now, but um, she, if you guys don't know her, her name is Maggie Fisher. She runs The Artist Lawyer. Her wedding contract, literally, it's so, it covers every single scenario possible. And when you're a new photographer, you can't even dream up half of this stuff. And then like, you know, the fear of encountering it as well. But like having that protection, I think at the early years would have been so great to me. Um, and I think, oh, yeah. Maggie's a friend yeah. of the show. She's been on twice. And we're oh, friends. Oh, that's in, amazing. Yeah, we've been, you know, we're friends <laughs> in real life. But yeah, her contracts are incredible. And I think. I would I would be on the same page. Like I think legal and all mm-hmm. and um sales for me. Like oh, I think yeah, yeah, like I didn't one. really I mean I'm 10 years 
in and I like literally learned how to do sales properly like last year. That's amazing. There's <laughs> <laughs> always something to learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I just, I know like creative people, they're like, I don't want to sell myself. I'm so, yeah. you know, my art sells itself. And it's like, honey, it doesn't sell itself. And because right. <laughs> there's so many photographers out there. You need to know how to sell your individual value and and why people need to work with you, must have you. And I literally just learned how to do this last year. And for me, game changer. You know, I was like, wow, I, I, I that, and that for me was irresistible selling. And I've talked about that a lot on the, the podcast. And Maria was a guest, and a lot of her alum have been on. But like that course for me, if I had known about it, 10 years ago. It wasn't even around. I think it came out eight years ago. So like mm. that for me would have been like, invest in it now. You'll make the money back immediately. And you will, you will, the sky, you know, sky's the limit. So that, yeah. for, that for me would have been so, so we've got legal and, and sales. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think those are like two of the hardest things for people to master. Cause it's like, you know, we're all, we're, we all get into the business cause we're creatively inclined. So things like you know, styled shoots or like building your portfolio. Like that's the fun, exciting part for most of us in this business. But the intimidating side is all the behind the scenes stuff. And I feel like photographers starting out today have so many incredible resources, so many um, services, even like, I just think about things like 17 hats, Trello, you know, all the programs and software that didn't exist when we first started. Like I was keeping my accounting in like an Excel spreadsheet, same. you know? Mm-hmm. So, same. Yeah. I think we had the same one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think everything and like there's um Dubsado and oh, Tave. Yeah. I mean, there are so many programs now that for an, a small fee per year mm-hmm. will practically help you run your business for you. And totally. I I remember when you jumped to 17 hats first and then I went after you and it was like game changer. I had like Excel sheets, sticky notes, yeah. uh, you know, uh, post-its the on my whiteboard. desk. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and now it's like all in one spot. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to, you know, it just made my life so much easier. Completely agree. Yes. Yeah. I love that. What else were you going to say? Oh, I think that's it. I, yeah. I feel like those were kind of my, you know, the resources I wish I had at the beginning, but I'm very grateful to have them now because, yeah. you know, for no sure. matter at what stage you're in, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, well, I've been a photographer for 20 years. Awesome. Still look into these services because they're <laughs> incredible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And don't take it for granted. I know some people, you know, when you're first starting out, think there's like sticker shock. You know, like, oh my God, yeah. Maggie's mm-hmm. contract is, it is expensive. Yeah. It's $500. But, you know, there is a code you can use T with Janae, save 20%. But yeah. that $500 will save you thousands of dollars in legal fees later down the road, which, you know, I guess you and I have, uh, you know, this rare quality. We've been in a pandemic, right? (laughs) Right. So we have that under our belts too. And we can say, well, I'm a rescheduling pro and this is how I do it now. So I think, you know, like hindsight's 2020 pun intended, um, you know, to protect your business from the get-go. I think that's so important. Well, real quick, I'll add on to that. Um, So I work with a finance guy and he has this term he calls pillow money. So basically it's money that you spend to help yourself sleep at night. Mm. So something like that, I I would put, you know, a contract or maybe like 
uh, what the, the program that you were mentioning before on sales, like something like that, where it is a big investment, but if that's the thing that's keeping you up at night or giving you those stress nightmares or stress dreams, put money towards kind of putting out that flame in your life, that fire, because you don't, you don't want it to turn into the nightmare that you think it could turn into. So if you can pay to have that, like, you know, quote unquote, pillow money where you can lay your head down on your pillow at night and not be stressing, then it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, I love that term pillow money. Oh yeah. Stealing that. Right. (laughs) I love it. So I, I want to talk about, um, you know, we've all made them, uh, mistakes (laughs) and I'm sure we've made a bunch over the last 10 years, but I would, you know, I would love you to share maybe something that was a mistake that actually turned into a really good business lesson for you. Okay. So I actually gave this one some thought because Janae gave me a little sneak peek of the questions in advance, but um, (laughs) I so wish I did not have two stories to share, but I do. (laughs) I was like, at first, you know, I hear the question, like, I don't have any stories. My life is perfect. I've never made any mistakes. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh gosh. And then they started all the flood back to me. And I was like, wait, stop. I only want like one or two of these. (laughs) Okay. Uh, lesson number one, and this one's like a little, a little bit more on the comical side and then I'll give a practical one too. But, um, lesson number one, do not wear lipstick to your weddings. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so I used to wear a bright red lipstick to all my weddings. I was inspired by Taylor Swift. I felt so classy, so chic, so fun. Um, and any of my brides, like, I'm not going to give any time period here, but my past brides, if you are listening, some of you will have seen me wear red lip. Some of you will have not. There was a <laughs> point somewhere in there <laughs> where basically um, I was hanging the wedding dress and I'm not going to give any details about anything because nobody will ever know, <laughs> but I was hanging the wedding dress and the um, straps slipped off the hanger and the bodice of the dress landed right on my bright red lipstick and I was like oh yeah what just happened (laughs) (laughs) and I literally I mean the blood left my body I thought I was gonna faint I went into immediate crisis mode and thank god here's another tip always 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 carry with you those stain sticks the um yeah what are they called like tied tied to go yeah any of those Oh my gosh. And carry multiple brands because you never know how bad it's going to (laughs) be, but rush to the bathroom, get out my Tide stain stick. I mean, I must've been in there for a total of like 20 minutes and, you know, 10 minutes goes by and it's still not coming up. 15 minutes by still not going up. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I am preparing myself for how I'm going to tell the bride that I will Photoshop this out of every single image. Like, I don't care. This was my fault. Like I I'm going to handle this. And, uh, I, it's 20 minutes now and we need to get started and have my assistant with me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk the dress back and I'm going to explain it to her, tell her about the Photoshop plan. And literally like on the walk from the bathroom to where her, you know, dress was hanging. I go and I hang up the dress and all of a sudden I look and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. And I like get to my assistant. I was like, you, you don't see it. Right. You don't, you don't see it. It's gone. Right. And she's like, it's gone. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, lesson learned there. It doesn't matter. Like your cuteness level is unimportant because if you are wearing (laughs) 
any sort of lipstick, it is going to end up on something important that day. That's just, it's a fact. It's yeah. just how it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I stick to gloss. I stick to lip balm, actually. Oh my gosh. I, Burt's Bees only. That yeah. is it. That's the yeah. only thing that touches my lips on a wedding day now. Um, and, you know, thank God it came out. Nobody ever knew. I mean, it was a complete miracle, but talk about, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's one that's going to haunt a future stress dream for sure. Um, but yeah. Okay. So that's like, uh, kind of a hee-haw like oh that's that's funny but maybe not applicable to you if you don't wear lipstick <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's one mistake that I I went through and I also think I've seen a lot of other new photographers um, make so it is a uh, the nice little tar pit that I call all-day coverage <laughs> so yeah early on I thought I was like so you know business marketing savvy. And I was like, Oh, I figured it out. I'm just going to offer all day coverage and then I'll create their timeline, give them the best possible photography experience. And they don't need to worry about timing at all, but I could spin it in a more positive way where even with this all day coverage, which I did offer for like two years almost, um, the average wedding day was like eight to 10 hours because most clients would listen to my recommendation. I would be there to cover everything that was important, which usually started with, you know, getting ready through cake cutting, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like about eight to 10 hours. But using that marketing term all day coverage, I was like, ah, I'm getting so many bookings. Everybody loves it because they don't have to think about the timeline. And that's all fun and dandy until you get that couple who thinks all day coverage means all day coverage. So I got my first couple who didn't give a hoot about my professional opinion. They wanted me at the salon at 6am, regardless of how unnecessary it was. I kept hearing her voice, but all day means all day, all day means all day. And technically they were right because I didn't have a contractual limit on the time. So I sat at the salon for six hours before what my suggested start time would have been. And they kept me until 1am, even though I told them that the, the day ended at midnight. They were like, well, technically the day starts at 12 a.m. And I'm not having you start till 6 a.m. So you owe me six hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> was like, oh, my no, goodness. Nightmare. This, this is a learning lesson because technically <laughs> they weren't wrong. And yeah. technically my contract said all day. Right. So it was a big learning lesson um, in a couple of different ways. First, even with my current collections where I have hourly options, my first lesson learned is always discuss the timeline in that first meeting because you want to make sure that you're providing them an accurate estimate of hours. You don't want somebody to book eight when they really need 12. And then you're like doing this awkward dance a couple months before the wedding of like, well, no, you owe me thousands more dollars because that's not the good experience for anybody. Um, but also I want to make sure I know their expectations before booking. Cause if they want me at the salon at 6am, I'm going to be like, eh, maybe I'm not the best fit for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the second lesson I learned from that is that not all clients are going to be your besties, which this is like a hard lesson, you know, when you're early on, because you think that everybody must be like-minded to you and, you know, you have so much in common because you're like young and they're young and they're getting married and you just got married. And it's like, you know, you just think that everyone's going to become your best friend. But ultimately any client, no matter how nice they seem in the initial meeting can become your next nightmare. So yeah. like I was talking about before with Maggie's contracts, make sure you're contra uh, contractually protected and that all of your services are in a like 
tangible quantitative, 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 whatever that word is, (laughs) um, just, you know, description, um, don't leave anything up to interpretation, be clear, be smart. Um, and don't assume that every client is going to share your worldview or interpret reality the same way. Yeah, no, those are great lessons. Definitely some mistakes and lessons learned. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, I'm trying to think one of my biggest mistakes that I still cringe on is like, I walked into the, um, the bridal suite and I called the sister. I asked her if she was the mother. (laughs) and I was was like (laughs) she clearly wasn't the mom and I don't know why I even said that but the trust was ruined like the whole day with that uh you know the sister and I was like oh my god so now it's like study the timeline study the names yeah if you you don't know someone just say hi I'm Janae who are you uh, so that was a big lesson learned. Um, it's just cringeworthy, you know, like, oh my God, I should, I should know better than that. And I do. And I don't know why it happened. Um, and then another one is more like business related where I think in the beginning I was just buying so much extra stuff like lenses and t- tilt shifts and uh, long lenses and, you know, like zooms and until I found my real style was I able to like just stop wasting money? Um, yeah, you're a gear collector. Yeah, I was a gear collector, and I still love gear. Don't get me wrong, but I'm more like really like strategic about it now, and think, is this gonna make me money, or is this just cool because like someone else did it? You know, right. like in the beginning, I had a tilt shift lens, and I told my husband, I was like, I need this lens. It's so cool. It'd be great for engagement sessions. And it was until I realized I didn't like how it looked, you know, like it wasn't me. I think like finding your style and finding who you are artistically takes time and, you know, maybe hold off on buying expensive gear uh, until you figured out who you are as an artist. Um, Yeah, but you can still rent stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say rent it. Yeah, Yeah. rent it. Yeah. (laughs) Rent versus buy. Just trust exactly. me. Save yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, looking back, you know, what would you tell your younger, you know, newbie self uh, not to worry about? You know, what would you, what kind of advice would you give yourself uh, today? Mm. Don't be afraid to say no and set up boundaries. Oh, I love <laughs> like, those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure you can relate to this. And I think any, business, you know, any business owner who's kind of come through some experience on the other side can relate to this. But my entire life for so many years was just consumed with photography. I actually didn't even know how to talk to non-photographers for a little while in there. I remember like going to family events and I'd be like, gosh, I haven't even like read the news or current events. Like what do normal people talk about? (laughs) And just being like, so how's life? Because I just didn't, I didn't have anything relatable outside of photography. Um, the other thing to say on that same note is, um, I would encourage everybody to always keep a hobby. Even when you're in those like hustle stages and your business is all consuming because, you know, I think, I think it's normal to have a small phase of that while you're building. Um, but always keep a hobby and remember that the word no can actually mean freedom. Um, Now, 10 years later, you know, looking back in my stories in the past, 
I've turned down prospective couples that I just knew wouldn't be a good fit. And I remember feeling such freedom after doing that. So if someone, if someone says to me, you know, in a meeting, I want all my photos with flash and I'm not having a first look and I want to be at my entire cocktail hour, even though I'm not having a first look and I hate detailed photos. So just show up at the ceremony. I know those are for me, not a good fit. I am not the photographer for them. And not just on my side where I'm not going to like feel inspired or creative on their side, they're going to feel my lack of inspiration and it's not going to be a good fit for them. So if you ever come across a couple where they're just saying things that maybe are not inspiring to you, maybe you're not super thrilled with like the venue or the color palette or whatever it is. um, And you are at that stage, you know, where you're in a meeting with them. I feel like you can still confidently let them know you're not the right photographer in a very kind way that spins it where it's a benefit to them and let them know, you know what? I know that I am not going to do, like, I can't achieve these goals for you. This is not my personal style, but I know other people who are amazing at this. Let me shoot you an email with their information. And then you've saved both of yourselves a giant headache. And that is like, Oh, freedom of saying no is amazing. (laughs) Um, And also like saying no when people ask for discounts too. Um, And that doesn't mean you can't be flexible. I love working out custom collections for couples, tailoring, you know, the services to their needs, listening to them and, you know, re readjusting things to fit. Cause maybe they want my top package because it has albums, which, but it's 12 hours and they only need eight hours happy to rearrange things and bring the price, you know, down to a level where it makes sense. However, if they're asking for something that makes you uncomfortable or it just isn't possible, um, I've memorized three simple sentences so that I'm ready, even if I'm put on the spot during a face-to-face meeting. And I'm going to say those three sentences, feel free to make it into your own verbiage, but basically I just say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being transparent about your budget. Unfortunately, in order to be fair to my other couples and my family, I'm unable to offer discounts. I'd love to chance the work with you. So please let me know if anything changes with your budget. And every once in a while, someone will push back with a, oh, well, so-and-so offered this rate. And you don't want to be rude and just be like, well, go with so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like what you were actually touching on before, um, I'm always prepared to explain my value. And you should be too. So whatever your value is, write it down and memorize it. So for me, I say certain things like, you know, I have a decade of experience in weddings. I can shoot both digital and film in every possible lighting scenario. I'm prepared for natural light, low light, flash, video lights, literally anything you throw at me. I can wrangle the most insane family groupings with speed and grace. I've curated the best products on the market so you can rest easy knowing that your wedding album will last beyond your lifetime, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing your strengths, yourself, what you bring to the table and be able to explain that to a client. And, you know, I think I'm sure that your um, sales course that you're talking about before touches on this in a much better and more thorough method. But for me, just knowing what I bring to the table and being able to confidently explain it without coming across cocky is, is like a, you know, it's a big um, leg up, I guess. Yeah, no, I I mean, I 100% agree. I think understanding, like if I were to tell myself, my younger self, like, don't worry about the small stuff. You know, you'll figure it out. You'll find your way. You'll find your people, but you'll also find your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think saying no 
and setting boundaries and, and being really clear as to who you want to serve and how you can serve them will actually give you longevity in the long run. You know, like you're saying, I feel the same way when someone says to me, oh, I don't want to do this or those, those photos aren't important to me or, you know, I really, you know, we don't really care about portraits. And I'm like, then why are we talking? You know, yeah. I, I don't understand why you came to me because you you say you don't value those things, but that's what I show and share. And that's who I want to work with, who I can do my best work for is a client who wants me to do my best work for them and to show up on their wedding day and, and tell their story through my lens in a way that the, when they look back, they feel the love, they feel the joy, they feel the happiness. And, and and that's where that connection comes from. And knowing when I'm on a call, I do calls first and then uh, no more meetings, everything's on a call. But you know, yeah. if I can feel or hear that they're not into it, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm the best fit for you. And I like that you <clears throat> you give them suggestions and you know, I'll I'll give referrals too. Mm-hmm. I also feel like, you know, you're doing them, a ser- you're being, you're serving them in a way because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just not going to be the fit for you. You know, I don't want you to invest money and then regret hiring me. Like I want to have, you know, cheering billboards by the time the, the wedding is over. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think at the beginning stages, you know, there's like a certain desperation where you just like want to book anything. You're like, I just need the experience. I just want to book anything. Um, and it is okay. I feel like to have that, you know, in your first year do, you know, shoot a bunch of things, figure, figure out what, what you like, what your style is. Um, but once you know what like sparks joy in Marie, Marie Kondo words, but once yeah. you know what sparks joy in your photography, stay true to that. And, and know that not every person who inquires with you is going to be the best fit, you know, and that's, and that's fine. You don't want every single inquiry that comes your way. No, you that's my opinion. Yeah, you, no, I a hundred percent agree. I was going to say what I did early on, and I still do to this day is that I'm very picky with who I work with and where mm-hmm. I work. And Same. I've been, and I've been this way for a very long time. If a venue comes in, uh, a new inquiry comes in with a venue that I don't want to work at, like a ballroom, uh, you know, in a venue that I, I never want to be at, it's not a fit, you know, like right. it's just not for me. And also with clients, it's kind of like dating, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, not every guy is going to be the guy and not every couple is going to be the couple. And that's okay because when you meet your match, it's a, it's a great one. It's a perfect mm-hmm. one. And like, everything is easy. You know, I feel like, you know, like husband, like my husband, like everything is easy with him for the majority. And yeah. you know, it's like a client, like everything is easy. You know, they sign the contract really fast. They do their retainer really fast. Everything is like communication's great. It's when you start pulling teeth and when you, and you ignore either the red flags Mm-hmm. that's when you get into problems. So a lesson, I think, look, you know, what I would tell myself as a newbie, don't ignore the red flags. They are yeah. there for a reason. People are showing you who they are. Listen to them. Don't say, oh, I can, I yeah. can change them. They'll do what I say. I mean, you learned the hard way, you know, oh, yeah. don't think advice. it's just going to, yeah. Don't think it's just going to disappear after yeah. they book. <laughs> no, they're going to get, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, you know, I have never had a bridezilla 
you know, I've never, people ask me like, oh, you're a wedding photographer, do you have bridezillas? And I'm like, actually, no, I've never had one because I've worked with great couples from the beginning, but the brides, they have been bridezillas to other vendors that I've seen. And I'm like, oh God, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. they, it was there, but it wasn't for me. They kept it for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God. Oh goodness. <laughs> I know I've seen that too, where I'm like, oh, interesting. Never seen that side of you before. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't see it, but I also, right? yeah, but I think it's, in, you know, it's, it's nice to hear, um, sort of very similar, you know, experiences and things that we've learned. And, and I think, you know, 10 years in, you can look back and you can say, oh yeah, yeah, that was a red flag. And I totally didn't see it. I mean, Mm -hmm. and sometimes people surprise you, they keep them for the day of. So it's true. That happens too. (laughs) (laughs) At some point you will have some sort of a uh, negative experience, you know, uh, the, the, the scale may range, but at some point, no matter how good your filter is, somebody will slip in there. Um, and that's where you just be professional and your contract protects you. Yeah. Yeah. And kill them with kindness. Anytime. Kill them with kindness. Exactly. <laughs> so I'd love for you to share um, maybe some of your biggest wins that, that really have, you know, shaped your business. Yeah. I think um, first thing that comes to mind in terms of like kind of a I guess like a victory that I didn't even know that I needed, but I definitely did um, was the first time that I raised my prices. And I'm pretty sure that while I was going through this price range, I was like talking to you about it because Probably, we, yeah. were, we were definitely friends at this point. Um, but I, this would have been like a, probably around 2012 ish, um, maybe early 2013, somewhere around there. Um, but basically I, I was having like a little heart to heart with God because I was starting to feel the effects of burnout only two years into my business. And I couldn't imagine how I'd ever be able to make enough money in this career. It was at the end of my second, I do remember now, it was at the end of my second year because I was doing my accounting and I'm looking at my net basically. And after shooting all these weddings where I thought I was making all this money, my net was only $10,000. And part of that was because I had to buy a ton of gear. Um, so, you know, my expenses were super high, but still to get to the end of the year and see, I just did all that work and I only profited $10,000. Like what is that? I cannot live like this. Right. Um, I just kind of had like a little breakdown moment with God. And I felt like I heard him answer, which is like the simple little verse that just says, ask and you shall receive. And I was like, come on, really? Like, ask and you shall receive. That's, that's what we're going with here. And then he was like, no, one's just going to volunteer to pay you more money. You need to ask for it. And so I finally like felt the inspiration take over me. I sat down I did the math. I knew I only wanted to shoot 15 weddings a year. So I knew that my minimum had to be at least 6,500 for those 15 weddings. If I wanted to make, if I wanted to gross a hundred thousand, which we all know in this business, a hundred thousand It's kind of like the minimum you need once you think about expenses and stuff. So I knew that's what I, my goal needed to be. However, the most that I had ever charged at that point for a wedding was (laughs) $3,500. So overnight I was almost doubling my prices. And I remember kind of looking up at God and being like, there is no way, come on. Like, this is crazy town. And I nervously sent out my brandy dandy new pricing guide to the next inquiry that came in. And they wanted to meet. And not only did they want to meet, they booked my third highest collection at 
hundred. Oh my gosh. And they were the first of many. I could not believe it. And clearly, you know, God more than delivered in that one. But that win was like, I guess, kind of first off, a, a huge confidence booster. Um, second of all, it showed me that I was really undervaluing myself. Um, and it also showed me that this dream of mine, this business, could support my family and not just be a hobby. Yeah. So yeah, that. that was that was definitely like looking back and like that was my moment of when it it became a reality. Yeah, I love that. I think mine sort of very very similar where I um I don't think I really undercharged to, you know, I I think I paid my dues, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I paid dues. my dues. I like that. Yeah. You know, I I I charged I think a a regular small fee in the beginning and I did stuff for free. Um I think sort of one of the biggest moments that really shaped my business was like you know, being able to charge a lot and and knowing that I could deliver and then working with, you know, certain planners that um, have a high caliber of expectation and then having them be happy. You know, I feel like it's like the little baby steps that you do along the way. And then all of a sudden, like your dream planner reaches out to you with your dream couple and a dream venue. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, this is happening. It's happening. Like happy dance. And then you book them and you deliver and they get featured and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, I think for me, like those little things all add up to where I am today. Um, and just being really like confident in my in myself. You know, I think yeah. I think some of the biggest wins are just actually my personal growth as like a professional. Like and what you said before when someone's like, well, what makes you different than somebody else? And I'm like, what makes me different? Is that like, <laughs> I, you know, one, I've never missed a wedding, like, you know, knock on wood. And two, yeah. like, I can shoot in anything, like a nor'easter, a hurricane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, putting your most, one of your most important days in the hands of an amateur, you know, or someone who isn't seasoned, uh, you know, can be really detrimental. So like, I think, you know, having that sort of knowledge under your belt is really valuable and, and can shape your business moving forward, you know? So I think putting in your dues, you know, second shooting, assisting other photographers, learning the ropes and not being like, well, I just started and I'm going to charge 10K. It's like, well, I mean, there are like three people that I know that have ever done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I'm like, a, I guess I'm just a little old school and like, I believe in working your way up and, and, and paving the way. Yeah, no, I do completely agree. I feel like um, commentary on pricing for me is more directed at kind of the people who've been in it and are killing it, but are also killing themselves because right. they're not, they don't know their value or they don't know what's possible. Maybe they just think they're at the top of their, their market or their ceiling but they're not like, they, right. you know, like, uh, was Michael Scott, you have no idea how, how high I can fly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, you know, I feel like there's, um, there's definitely people out there who are just, you know, crushing it and their photos are amazing and their experience is amazing, but they're reaching burnout because they're still trying to shoot, you know, 50, 70, however many weddings a year, um, because they're afraid to raise their rates. And yeah. so well, we I think about, yeah, we have friends like that, that all of a sudden within the last three years have changed their whole business structure 
So now they charge more work less and they're having totally. a much better, you know, life and self-care and, you know, can mm-hmm. still provide and still, and still do what they love. So I think, yeah, yeah, I, balance. yeah I love that. So I think this is a, a really interesting fact. And I, I think I have said this a dozen times on this podcast, but you know, most small businesses the will fail within the first five years. And the fact that you and I are both here today, like 10 years later, I think mm-hmm. is, is really something to celebrate. You know, like I never thought that I would be a photographer, to be honest, and have a business and be here 10 years later. Um, it's really, it's really been incredible. And I'm so honored to be part of people's lives, you know, and, and their families and their children. Like it's, it's incredible. And I would love for maybe you and I to sort of share, you know, maybe like your biggest life lessons, you know, any aha moments, like things you've learned. You know, I know we're talking a lot about this, this whole episode, but like, you know, I would just love you to share your thoughts, you know, being in business 10 years has taught you what? Yeah. Okay. So I'll to recap, don't wear red lipstick. (laughs) Don't be afraid to say no. Excuse me. Get help from those that are smarter than you and protect yourself. Um, Know your value and don't be afraid to share it. And then the last one that we didn't actually talk about is um, your time is your time. So you're allowed to have a social life. I feel like photographers are always justifying their personal time online. They're like, I'm exporting a gallery. So I ran to Starbucks for my latte or (laughs) waiting for photos to upload. So taking Fluffy for a walk. And it's like, your clients don't own your personal time. You can just go for a walk without Mm -hmm. needing photos to be uploading. You can just go get a latte without needing to be exporting photos. Um, I think that we as creative entrepreneurs can be the absolute worst bosses to ourselves. Yeah, And if I treated employees the way I treated myself in the early years of my business, no one would ever have even applied (laughs) to work for me. The job description would be like, must be available by email 18 hours a day. Must be willing (laughs) to accept client meetings at 10 p.m. (laughs) Must be willing to drive two hours each way for an engagement session with no extra pay. (laughs) Must edit until 2 a.m. even though the gallery isn't due for weeks, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it's like, that's a horrible way to live. And I know so many of us do it. Um, So set realistic work hours and set realistic play hours, schedule a massage, go read in the backyard, go walk around Target for the fun of it. Remember that you started this business to create your dream life. So don't let it turn into your living nightmare. Yeah, no, it's true. I think, yeah, I think some of my biggest is set boundaries. I think that's such a big one um, for me, you know, set boundaries, set office hours. Hello. I mean, uh, Starbucks has office hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think people think, well, I work from home, so I can answer emails at 12 p.m. at night. It's like, actually, you're, you're setting, you're telling your clients it's okay that you're going to reply within five minutes. And when life gets busy, which it does, mm-hmm. that's an unrealistic um, turnaround time for them to have an unrealistic expectation. You know, I think, and I have a kid when I had my daughter, Tilly my boundaries got even narrower. It's like, okay, my, my office hours are actually even smaller than what they were, be- were before. And I might prepare an email at 7 p.m. at night, but I don't send it till 9 a.m. in the morning. Because, yes, scheduling. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want them to know, you know, like I'll get it done and I will get it done. And one of my mantras 
I say all the time is like, it doesn't take long. It just takes time. And most of my tasks don't take long, but they take time for me to do it. And I Mm -hmm. have to schedule it out. You know, I do, I love block scheduling. I schedule my podcast days. I schedule my editing days. And I think, you know, to be successful, you need to be organized in a way that works for you. You know, not everybody's a type A like me. Um, so, so I get that, but I think, you know, an aha moment for me (laughs) was discovering block scheduling. And I was like, wow, this is an incredible concept. And, and I was forever changed. And also outsourcing was a big thing for me. Um, having an outside editor that was like life-changing life-giving, you know, I think having that time back, you know, like you say, have a personal life. Don't make excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, see your friends. Like I think we had a girls' night a few weeks ago, and I was like, I have missed this so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like I miss my friends. Like I miss relaxing and being myself and and seeing my friends and catching up. And you know, scheduling that in is really important. And you know, having an outside editor allows me to do that. It gets me away from my computer. Um, back focusing on my business instead of in my business and then also time with my family you know i feel like you Mm -hmm. keep mentioning family and i'm like not mentioning them at all (laughs) yeah which is ironic because i don't even have kids (laughs) (laughs) but you know i think you know i of course love spending time with my family but you know i think this year you know 2020 last year was hard for everyone and like being with people again has been so i can just feel um, my my joy coming back with being with my friends and being with other people other than my family because I've been with them forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I think it's just, you know, one of those things you have to think about um, when, when you start focusing on your business and making the schedule and the life that you want. You know, I love that you said, like, make it the life that you want and, and not a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And also like, Real quick, add on to that too, um, knowing like your strengths, right? Like I am a night owl by nature. So I am that person who's emailing at, you know, midnight, but like you, Janae, I try to um, schedule it so that it's going out at a normal time. <laughs> sometimes, right. I, sometimes I don't do that, but um, most times I do try to schedule it. Sometimes I, I get over it, overly ambitious and I click send anyway. And then I'm like, ah, crap. Oh, well. Um, but knowing your time, like I take very lazy mornings because I'm a night owl. So I will lay in bed on my like phone or iPad, whatever, for like an hour before I get out of bed. And some other people who are like early birds, you know, early bird gets the worm or whatever. They might jump right out of bed, get their coffee, get right to work, have a super productive morning. I lay around, relax. I'll have a little brunch and stroll into the office, do some emails, go run some errands in the afternoon. I like going to stores when they're empty. So I'll like go run my errands, do whatever I need to do, come back home. You know, I, my most productive hours are like the afternoon, you know, uh, early afternoon block and then the night block. So when we, you were talking about block scheduling, um, yeah. I did a, a class on block scheduling a couple of years ago at Ignite actually. Um, and I like have to re-implement that back into my life. So I used to do it religiously. And then the pandemic was like, well, I don't need blocks. I just, <laughs> you know, I have everything. <laughs> So I need to get back to that. But um, one of my like key work blocks is usually from like 9 p.m. until like 1 or 2 a.m. And to some people like Janae, like me, like that's insane. Go to bed. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) But 
for but me. that's how you work. Like, yeah, for, just, like I am the person that wakes up. Well, I don't like to wake up early, but you have a child and you have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but early for me is 7 a.m., you know, and then I start working the moment they leave for school, which is 7.30. But my most produ- productive time is 7.30 to 11.30. Like, I get there so much done. And then I'm like a like a zombie after that, you know, like yeah. my push. <laughs> Um, but I know that about myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like know where, know what your prime hours are and yeah. like lean into it, you know? Yeah. I think it's smart. It's really good. But oh my goodness. I love having you on the show. I wish you could come back every week. This is so much fun. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I hope uh, the people listening got to hear um some helpful tips and advice and just our love for each other and, and just, you know, how much you mean to me. And I'm so grateful for our friendship and 10 oh. years with you. My goodness. It feels like nothing, right? Like I feel it's like we, crazy. We I know. Feel, I feel like we met up in that coffee shop in um, that chocolate shop in Brooklyn. Yep. And we're, we've been friends ever since. It's so funny. That's and I think, I think that's a great part about our industry too, is that once you find your people, they they can really be your people for for life, you know. So it, it really is it's wonderful. Oh, that should have been one of our tips: is find your people. Because oh my gosh, goodness, okay, yeah, I'd be so <laughs> lost without my community. <laughs> yeah, finding your I think we could put that in this in the the five tips here. We'll go back when yeah. you find your people. You know, network with people in in the Facebook groups. We met through the B school, right? I think that's not even around remember. anymore. It was um, either that or like. The fix or oh yeah, Jasmine Jas- Star. Jasmine Star's the fix. Thing. You know, it's like that. The B school doesn't exist anymore, and I don't. Jasmine's doing social media, like all those. Everyone's kind of changed. Yeah, evolution. I, what is it? Evolution. Yeah, evolution. Yeah, I think you know. Once you find your people, you know, make sure you stick with them. It, um, it's great friendships. You know, our whole group is, is still friends, and it's so nice yep. to see everyone grow and watch everybody. Oh, it's like iron sharpens iron. Find yeah. your iron. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll just put that section with the other one. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Tip number six. <laughs> Tip number six. So let's tell everybody um, where they can find out more about you, your services, and say hello online. Yeah, awesome. So I am Cassie with an I. So C-A-S-S-I. And then Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E. So Cassie Claire. And since I have a unique spelling of Cassie, I pretty much have been able to snag Cassie Claire everywhere. So CassieClaire.com, <laughs> Cassie Claire on Instagram, Cassie Claire on Facebook, you know, Pinterest, whatever, all the places. Um, but I think Instagram is my most used uh, platform. So find me over there and yeah. let's be friends. Definitely. You guys can um, swipe on up and click on the links in the show notes. They're all there right now. Go on and say hi to Cla- uh, Cassie and let her class like classy. <laughs> I'll take it. Let me do it again. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> classy. That's funny. Well, all this information is in the show notes. You guys can swipe on up, click on the links and let Cassie know that you listened to today's episode and you guys can follow her and find out more about um, her work. And she has some coaching services too. Um, and be sure to let her know you listened to today's episode. Cassie, you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being our hundredth guest. This is so exciting. Yay. 
Uh, we started with you. We've got a hundred. So now we have to bring you on for our 200th. How about that? Yes. Let the countdown begin. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Thank you so much. And we'll ho- I hope to have you back on soon. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's 100th episode. I can't believe it. We're here. You listened. You made it. It was a long one, but I hope um, you picked up a couple of fun nuggets in there or lessons learned from Cassie and myself. If you want to find out more about Cassie, um, swipe on up, click on the links in the show notes, and let her know you listened to today's episode. Again, I want to say thank you to every single person listening. I wouldn't be here without you guys. I do this for you and thank you so much. So I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye friends.